Roll up, roll up, ladies and gentlemen, to the greatest podcast on earth. Step right up and experience the magnificence that is the Two Ring Circus Podcast. You'll gasp. <gasps> you'll laugh. And you'll be amazed at what comes next. Amazing. Don't worry about the smell. It's just the stars of our show, Tom Italiano. Hello. And Matt Bradshaw. Hello. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> that's the version of the intros that's got the hellos on it. Oh. What? What's happening? Uh, I didn't mute the last bunch of things. Wow. Oh, God, God, that's terrifying. Should we do that? Nah, we'll just leave it. Okay. Oh, oh God. <laughs> All right, so to explain to everyone what just happened, because you, oh. won't, you won't hear it. You won't hear it in the, uh, in the actual podcast. Oh, no, they um, won't either. I'm recording into the file where I usually record the podcast, um, and I forgot to mute last week's Hello. <laughs> and uh, it just freaked the heck out of both of us. <sighs> now, I'll put right. you off, now I'll put you off your game. How are you going? No, no, I think I can go on. Excellent. I'm um, all right, mate. Good. Yeah. How's your birthday weekend? Great. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, just bloody spoilt. Yeah, good. Great. Um. And and uh, yes, with gifts, but but just with just love, <laughs> spoiled with love. Spoiled with love. It's a good way to be spoiled. Yeah. Yeah. Far out. Oh, it's a good thing to be spoiled with. Y- yes. Hmm. Yeah. I was good. just I was just rephrasing what I said so it made more sense to me. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So it was really really fun. Um, Great. I know of a few people who have had, you know, ISO birthdays who have been almost universally sad and annoyed about it. (laughs) And uh, not that they're wrong and I'm right, except that that's exactly what it is. Um, (laughs) I... I, it feels like a really kind of redundant thing to be sad and annoyed about. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of um, uh, hackles up at the moment, isn't there, about all kinds of stuff? Um, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, I mean, that sounds like that I've got a whole bunch of other stuff attached to that, like, you know, that I think those people are selfish and all that. That's not what I mean at all. Just that I'm, I suppose it's symptomatic of a of a bigger... Um, a, a bigger picture that we're all in that uh, feels a very small thing to be worried about in the scheme of all the other stuff that goes on around us just all the time. Yeah. But, you know, I temper that with the fact that I've never really cared. I'm sure ever since I was a kid, I've never cared about birthdays or, <laughs> or Christmas <laughs> or, or anything. <laughs> So, but however, maybe 
here you go. Uh, this is I'm just just a therapy session uh, as usual. Um, perhaps I have never had to um, ever be concerned in and of myself about birthdays and Christmas and stuff because I've always been incredibly blessed to be surrounded by people who just take care of all that stuff for me because they love me. Ah, uh, well, that could be it. Yeah. Yeah. That might um, actually be it. <laughs> it's a it's a lovely position to be in. I'm very lucky. You're um, you're good in that respect because um, a lot of us, like for example, I quite. Who knows what's going to happen this year? But most of the time, around my birthday, what I really want for my birthday is like some peace and quiet. And I don't mean that I don't want anyone, you know, I don't want to celebrate or anything like that. I like to have a, okay, we'll do a thing. And and I reckon every two or three years I might have a party. But for the other intervening years, I'm like, I don't want a dinner. I just want like some quiet time because I'm usually so busy. Um, yeah. And, um, and also I have been in situations before with partners who insisted on making a big deal out of, like insisted. No, it's your birthday. It's not just about you. We love you. We sh- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's like people who love you want to celebrate you. And I get. I mean, of course, I get what they're saying. It's so funny. It's like it's, it's yeah. your birthday. It's not just about you. What? What? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's your birthday. Celebrating you is like about what other people want to do, and you need to let them because, like. Ah. Yeah, you know, we put uh, basically like we put up with you for the rest of the year. Uh, at least let not us have a, what they meant. <laughs> at least let us have a party of some Shut kind. Shut your face! Come on. Um, and you were being quite sensible there for a second, and then you went all silly at the end. Oh no! Shut silly, up! Silly, maybe, but um, honest. Um, <sighs> yeah, just so, rolled my eyes at you. Yeah, it's all right. But I, I think for a lot of people, it it you know particularly if you grew up in that. Uh, in a scenario where you maybe you didn't get much attention apart from, you know, in your family, maybe you were kid number, you know, two out of three or three out of four. And, you know, that was your day um, once a year when you didn't have to share it with anyone else, you know. Um, and so I, yeah. I, I empathise. Um, and I'm glad that um, you are open to letting people be kind and generous on your birthday because a lot of people aren't. They're like, leave me alone on it's my birthday. I just want to have a quiet day. Like, you know, like me. Um, I'm a like you. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, and uh, I, I probably, I would have spoken with, with our friend Becky about this, um, uh, that, and this is going to sound a bit, um, martyrish isn't the right word. I don't, I don't know, just sad and small. But uh, I'm very, very unlikely to organise anything of my own for myself because it feels very, to me, it just feels very everyone. Hey, 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 everyone, look, I'm over here. So um, perhaps because I do that enough in my daily life. But <laughs> yeah. But even that is is that, and that's a whole other story. But even that's anathema to kind of who I feel like I actually am on the inside. The whole hey, look at me, I'm the singer in the band. But uh, you know, um, and then but then the other side of that, or maybe the other half of the one side of that same coin is that I also feel really awkward when people organise stuff for me because I don't. 
I don't know. I don't. It's. It's. Uh, I don't know if that's an, a feeling unworthy of it kind of thing. That. That's. That's where my my brain goes to if I finish that sentence, and I don't know if that's actually true, but feels like it probably is. Yeah. Like I know I'm a nice guy, and I know I do my best, but I still don't want people to <laughs> uh, to you know make a fuss. Again. Maybe I can maybe I can afford to feel like that because they always do because they're just beautiful people who are in my life. So once yeah. again, grateful, lucky, la la la. <laughs> um, do do you do you feel that um, here's an it's yeah, all right cool. This is something we should explore because we both play music and we both stand on stages and we both. Um, you know, make music and live stream and stuff. Um, do you feel like what we do uh, is, hey, look at me? I, I feel like what I do is. Okay. Well, in the sense that uh, I um, I chose to... to you know, not be the drummer, not be the bass player in a band, but to be the the singer and the front guy. Like I chose to be the 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 focal point of the thing. Now I'm happy to I'm happy in other people's projects to be the side guy. Like I'm happy to be the second guitarist, backing vocalist in the Rav Thomas band. Like with no, I've done it for ten years. Like it's I'm there with my mates and. It's it's that's his vehicle, and we're sort of you know we're supporting him to do his thing, um, and there's never any acrimony about being uh, the side guy, um, but because uh, I still get to play music and I still get to hang with my mates and all that sort of stuff, but from the very very start of my actual live music career. Um, I was the guy. Yeah. My first band was all original songs that that I wrote for this three piece thing that we did. Um, I don't know. Actually, when I say all original, what I mean is they were songs I wrote. I don't actually know if they're original or not. Yeah, I know you mean. Yeah. Uh, oh man, so, dude, I write a song every week. I know exactly where those songs come from. <laughs> like, that, <laughs> like, yeah. So I feel like that's a bit. Hey, look at me. Okay. Yeah, cool. I mean, maybe that's, I don't know, maybe that's being unfair. Maybe that, you know, just the, the, the creative drive to get something out and the only way you can do it is doing it with other people. Maybe that's, I mean, so, someone's got to drive the thing. Someone's got to be the general yeah. at, the, at the front of the fucking frigate saying, <laughs> general's on frigates? <laughs> I yeah. just wanted to say frigate. Frigate. Frigate, they are now. Um. Yeah, someone's got a Napoleon go solo. Someone's got to know where they're uh, where they're going. Yeah, I, I think I I can relate to that. I don't feel for someone who like I put my face out there a lot. Um, at but it's a it's a matter of like it it just ends up being it's like ah oh, it's just a means to an end. Like what I want to do is play music and what I really want to do is play my own music, right? And 
the reality that kind of I think really kicked in with the Inside Zero experience is that um, it is very, very difficult to play music that you create with other people when everyone else is being an adult too. Um, it's really easy to be a 20-year-old. Well, you know, it's much easier to be a 20-year-old when you've got no responsibilities, no relationships other than each other and all that kind of stuff. But when you're, you know, mid-20s plus and everyone else is mid-20s plus and everyone else has got a partner or wanting to get married or, you know, buying houses and all that kind of stuff, it's like, ah, oh, um, it's so very, very difficult to, um, to play music that you create with other people um, just because of life circumstance. So it ended up being, for me, doing the Dom Italiano thing of, you know, being by myself. It's just that it's really important to me to make music that I that I make. Um, and I would rather do it with a bunch of other people, but um, what you end up sacrificing um, with trying to do it with other people is... Well, not sacrificing. What ends up happening when you're trying to do it with other people is you get about a tenth of the music made that you would if you did it as when you, you booked your own gig and you went and did it by yourself and, yep. or you rehearsed in your own space by yourself. Um, and I think it was, I think it is that. It's just going, well, look, I'm doing my own thing just because, like, otherwise I won't do anything. And if I don't do anything at all um, or if I end up having to just kind of, only be a side guy and I, I i would happily be a side guy as well like you are like you you are as well yeah yeah um, um but i know a lot of really creative musos who are you know incredible musicians certainly much more uh with much more ability and creativity than i am who just cannot um find it in their um their headspace to be the person that also is the front of their own music. Yeah, right. Um, and and so they're side guys and they're amazing at it. Um, but I, I yeah, I think very much for for my situation, I, I it's like well, it's just a means to an end. Like, and it's a great thing about doing something with a duo with Rosie, you know, as a creative thing, which is like okay, so um, sometimes someone else makes the call. And I go, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be there. And I don't, like, I don't have to organise that much sure. sometimes. Um, but, I, yeah, if, I, if there was a way that I could get my head around being creative and justifying spending that 40 hours a week at it uh, and it paying the bills um, without me having to have my face on it, I totally would. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's just part of what it, you know, Mm. No, the, you know, I'd, I'd rather be Nuno Bentoncourt, you know, and let Gary Sharon sing all the songs um, and, you know, occasionally stand at the front of the stage. Now, to be fair, that's a bad example because Extreme is Nuno's band. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Ah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that Mr Big was Billy Sheehan's band. Uh, yeah, I think he put it together, didn't he? Yeah. 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 And then got sacked from it for a while. That's rough. Did he? Yes. Oh, what happened there? I don't know. I think he and Eric Martin just didn't get on. 
and they and then he and then he came back. But they never played without him, did they? I don't know. No, no, maybe played. not. They just didn't record for a long time. Actually, maybe that was the story. Maybe they because they just didn't record for such a long time. Eric Martin got annoyed, went and did his own thing. Maybe I can't remember the story now. Yeah, yeah okay. I, sorry, I started it. Well, I know that obviously they, you know, Paul was doing his own thing, and you know Richie Johnson played, did two records with him. Mm. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's some weird backstory in there. Gotcha. Yeah, where someone got annoyed that someone was going off and doing their own thing, and then when Billy tried to do his own thing, they sacked him. I think it was something as simple as that. All right. Well, but... yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, like, band... How do you get sacked out of your own band? Oh, Fuck well, you. You know, it's like the Little River Band, how none of the guys in the Little in original guys in the Little River Band like are allowed to use the name. Cause... Yeah, that's... I mean, fucking hell. Because <clears throat> Graham Goebbels. What? <laughs> um, uh, Does he? I didn't know. <laughs> Only on Thanksgiving. Um, so, <laughs> too esoteric? Okay, good. Um, bands, Mr. No, Big. That was, that was a Goebbels, Goebbels turkey gag, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, it was. It was. Uh, Little River Band. Uh, um, Grand, no, Mr. B. Damn it! Fronting your own project. <clears throat> nah, no, we'd I'd moved past that, but okay. some, something in between happened. Oh, I know. Um, I was on Facebook the other day, <clears throat> and there's a guy on there who I uh, was originally uh, originally came across because uh, of my Kiss connection or my my connection to Kiss. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. That's alright. Um. Uh, and he predominantly sells Kiss bootlegs. All right, yeah. And gets like crazy good quality, you know, like multi-camera shoot versions of this, that, and the other, and yep. desk tapes from thing, blah blah blah. <clears throat> but he was selling uh, the other day because he doesn't just do Kiss stuff; he does a whole bunch of stff. But um, he had David Lee Roth from nineteen eighty the nineteen eighty six solo tour. Wow, they cool. opened with Shy Boy. Yeah, yeah. What the. It's such a terrible song. No, but it's not. Oh, God, I think it is. It's such a great piece of music. Is it? Well, as far as, like, you know, here's, here we are, bang. You know, like, every like every muso in the band play at their absolute, you know, peak. Yeah, except the singer. Yeah, 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 but, you know. It's just not a good melody. It, it no, no, it doesn't silly. have a melody. No, but it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a statement, that song. That song is a statement. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Silly Billy Sheehan wrote it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Good. I do prefer... I always remember having that album and, and it was, uh, you know, Shy Boy, written by Billy Sheehan, arrangement, David Lee Roth. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Well, because it was a, <laughs> isn't it a, tal- uh, a Talis song? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, I love. The, I really like the Mr. Big live version because um, Eric, Ma- Eric Martin sings on it. <laughs> well, I was going to say at least that actually has a bit of a melody. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you can't. I I can't actually hate on anything David Lee Roth does ever, yeah. ever, ever, including the fact that the most recent stuff he's done is 
terrible and still just bloody great because it's him. Fuck it. I haven't I heard care. anything he's done since a little late enough. Oh, oh, what? Yeah. Oh, right. No, no, no. Uh, the, he did a Vegas residency. Okay. So I've seen the YouTube stuff of that, and it's, oh, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty awful. <laughs> hey, um, but it's still great because it's him. He's just such a. <laughs> I love it. Speaking of the opposite of that, um, so there's a guy called Rick Hollis. He's a guitar guy, and he's got a um, a YouTube channel, um, and he interviews, does this with guitar players, and um, um, Daniel Aegis posted uh, the Jack Jones one or the Erwin Thomas one from a couple of weeks ago, and over about a week and a half of me sitting in here doing something which didn't require me to use my mm. speakers for anything. Um, I put it on. So it's, you know, it's like, it's a three hour conversation and it's unreal. Like just the stories and just, you know, uh, Jack kind of telling, you know, this, I went here and I lived here and, you know, he lived, you know, he used to live in Dweezil Zappa's basement, like <laughs> that kind of stuff. Um, With a gimp mask on? No, no, oh. <laughs> no, no. No, oh. that was um, a, a different story um, <laughs> about someone else. Huh. Um, and um, so I, I was in the car on my way home last night from recording and uh, I put the one on where this guy Rick's talking to uh, Brett Garcet. Oh. Like it, it's one of the scenarios where I wanted to pull over and – I don't know Brett. I've never met him. I bought CDs and stuff off him, and he always signs them and sends a nice note. Like he's love, like lovely. But I wanted to pull over and send him a message. I'm listening to this interview. You seem like the nicest person on planet Earth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, what a lovely man! Like, and he's just, um, but he's got telling this story of how he auditioned for John Farnham's band, and um, and for the context of everyone. This is related to both David Lee Roth's bad live singing and um, the Billy Sheehan, Paul Gilbert, Mr. Big scenario because um, Paul Gilbert was discovered by this guy, Mike Varney, who had a, a column in this guitar player magazine and, and people used to send in tapes tapes in the 80s um, to guitar player magazine and Mike would feature, y- y- you know, unknown guitar gurus and um so they weren't they weren't gurus yet unknown guitar like great players and brett said oh, i sent one to mike varney because i didn't think any aussies had been in the magazine and you know he was sort of nineteen twenty, and mike varney put it put him in the magazine you know this guy brett said from down under and then he got his demo tape and he photocopied the article that he'd been featured in a guitar magazine and sent that out to all these kind of, you know, record companies and stuff like that. You know, if anyone needs a guitar player and Glenn Wheatley sent, he sent one to Glenn Wheatley and Glenn Wheatley sent him a, a, a letter back and he opened it up and he said, just got your tape. Give me a call. So he gets on the call to um, Glenn Wheatley said, Oh, you know, John Farnham's putting a band together for some side gigs when the little river band's not, not doing anything. Um, do you want to come down and have a play? So he comes down from Castlemaine because he lives, he still lives in Castlemaine, and um, he goes to John's house and um, 
he start they they've got a demo of a song and um, Ross Wilson's there, and they've got, <laughs> they're demoing this song for Whispering Jack, and um, he's like, oh, I've just got a solo section. Do you want to play a solo over it? It's kind of like you know testing me out. So he plays a solo, and they're like, oh, what would you play in the verse? And he's like, oh, there's no, um, oh, there's no vocal. I'm not quite sure what the vocal does, and so. John goes, oh, I'll put a vocal down for you. And he, he just gets a mic and sings it live, you know, onto the thing. And the story he says, he goes, so let me tell you that the record version is in F sharp, right? But the demo version was in A. And so he's singing it like a minor third up from what even the live, and that's that song, Let Me Out, is crazy high anyway. And he's like going, he goes, I couldn't believe what was happening, like the sound of that that guy in the room and he goes, and this is already after we'd gone to see him play at Bathurst, right? He was in a little river band and they're like, we just want to see if this guy can do this stuff that he does in a little river band live. And he goes, we went to see him live and just went, Oh, he's holding back on record. Like, cause live, he just uh, like obliterated the gig. And it's like, you know, he got disappointed where he'd go and see his like favorite bands. So those seventies and eighties bands and the singers just couldn't cut it live, you know? And they'd always, you know, hold the mic out to the crowd when they couldn't hit a note, that kind of thing. But Farnham is like the opposite, where live he's just way more, like yeah. he just can sing anything. And he was just telling that story of, like it's the opposite of the David Lee Roth thing, where he goes, even now, 35 years later, I still play with John Farnham every night. I just look at every gig we do. I just cannot believe the guy can sing like that. Like, and, um, he is ridiculous. Oh, he's, and he's, he's 11 to 14 years old. Um, it's a it's a common question. I don't know if you get this kind of question, but like I get in conversations, people ask me things like that. So you know, what do you who do you think's like the best at this and best at that? You know, like it's a real guitarist thing to do. It's like you know, what picks do you use and you know what strings do you use and you know, um, um, all that kind of stuff. And it's always my answer, like you know, he's the the best singer ever. And I'm just like, wow, well, that's Whitney Houston and John Farnham. Yeah, right. Like, like I just, there's lots of, there's clearly lots of remarkable voices and lots of remarkable singers. And sometimes they're not the same. Like, you know, mm. um, like I think Rod Stewart's got an incredible voice. Like just that sound and all that stuff. Like I'm not, yeah, yeah. but I don't think he's a great singer, but like Farnham's like both. The voice is crazy, right? And his ability to use it like as a tool, like it's just, Dumbfound. Yeah, world class. Um, uh, hands down, uh, uh, as in, um, a hundred percent, absolutely. Yeah. I think they're the words I'm looking for. <laughs> world class. Anyway, why don't I just yeah. go back to that? Um, we, we spoke about, we have spoken about that before, with regards to um, Jimmy Barnes and Cold Chisel, and them just like the reasons that they didn't actually break worldwide. Um. Oh, well, I don't really know the story because I know they went to the US, didn't they? Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, I've definitely, you know, I'll, I'll maintain that if they'd been an American band, they would have been the biggest band in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, the I thought it was you who told me that they went to the States and, and they actually, they really didn't like the the way at that point in time, the way Americans set about, or the record industry set about making records. Right. I, all the drugs, all the lifestyle stuff okay. that went around that. Yes. And we all know Jimmy Barnes was an alcoholic. I might have said that, but I don't remember it. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I thought I thought it was on here yeah. that we spoke about it. But um, 
isn't it amazing that someone like John Farnham just isn't recognised around the globe? Well, he went. He went to. Um, he went to the US too. Yeah. Um, and funnily enough, the first time I heard John Farnham sing was on the soundtrack of the movie Rad, which I recently got on DVD. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which is like a which BMX. isn't Nicole Kidman. No, it's the, the it's another BMX movie, and um, um, that's where I first heard "Send Me an Angel" because that song is on sim- on the soundtrack too. <laughs> yeah, in the uh, in the disco dance scene where um, the main character and Laurie Lachlan do like a BMX dance off in the middle of the disc like high school disco. I wonder what. Um... <laughs> I wonder what song they were actually playing when they filmed a scene. Yeah. None yeah. is actually the answer. No, they might have been back then. You reckon? Yeah, yeah. Nah, it... in fact, I think the opposite. <laughs> I, oh, think okay. I just Well, I just look at any film from the 80s where anyone's dancing, it's like this. Not only is this not the song they were dancing to, there's clearly no music happening in this scene at all. Right. There was, there's no dialogue in this in this scene, so they oh, might okay. they might have had they might have had something, yeah. Because I know yeah. like there's a lot of those uh, you see outtakes from movies where there's a, a dance scene, oh sorry, a, a, like a homecoming scene or something like that, and you know, arms around the waist, arms around the neck, and then <laughs> the outtakes is like, and everyone's in the background going, like, <laughs> or <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, you know, clearly, like, there's no music playing, but I was like, just pretend you're dancing. Yeah. <laughs> Action. So bizarre. <laughs> By the way, wouldn't actually look any different to any normal place where people dance if you no. took the music away. No. Still, there's people who aren't listening to the beat at all. Sometimes, uh, when, you know, when I'm doing a gig uh, in front of live human beings and I see them dancing or singing along and because they sing along out of out of time and they're dancing a little bit out, out of time, I'm like, do I correct for this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah, because that's sometimes what you do when, you, when you're actually doing a gig with someone and they're like a little bit behind the beat or something like that. You try and lock in. How dare you? Um, I went that way because you're always on that side of me. <laughs> Go on. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that Harry Connick Jr. clip of him playing piano? And it's just a room full of people all clapping on the beat. Yeah, yeah. And, and he, he switches it by two. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah, very, very And good. I've tried to do that at gigs and I can't do it. I I, I hear what you idiots you, are doing out there. You do it to me all the time. You sing on the two instead of the one when I'm playing because you, you say that you can't hear the one when I play. Look, Sometimes. I'm, look, I'm looking at you like this. And then it's fun. I love that. And then I can't work out when I was... Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favourite things. Yeah, that's the glitch in my matrix for sure. Ah, <laughs> uh, the glitch in your matrix. <laughs> um, uh, did you watch Uncut Gems? No. Okay. I've only watched The King of Staten Island. Okay. Which I love. So, um... Oh, no, I was going to say so has, but no, they haven't. What they said was they're going to. Doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and uh, you haven't seen Black Klansman, which I watched last night. Oh, oh which no. I finished watching last I've, night. I've wanted, it's one of those 
kind of, you know, second tier films that I want to watch in the sense of like, there's films I really want to watch and there's films that I'll watch one day. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's the same thing. Like, hey, I, I want to watch it, but like not enough to watch ah. it instead of doing any of the other things I do. <laughs> yeah, well, interestingly, both those films took me a couple of days to watch. Right, yeah. Yeah, which it's a, it's a, it's a, um, it's a feature film. They're not designed to be watched in installments. I understand that. Uh, but that's just how I watch some films, which are in that second tier. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Black Klansman came out two years ago. Oh, uh, in geek times. Yeah, I, I'm with you. In Like when uh, I would come home from geeks, sometimes it takes me five days to watch a movie. I'd watch 15 minutes, put it on, watch 15 minutes, go, okay, I'm wound down now. And... Yeah, right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, then I'd trot off to bed at, you know, one thirty or 2.30. And, um, but I... It's, See, even now uh, I do that with YouTube. Uh, I've just got a bunch of mostly car guys that okay. I, I subscribe to and I just watch their stuff. Do you watch stuff in bed? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I don't do that, yeah. That's how um, I go to sleep. Well, you've got a partner. Yeah, we don't sleep together, though. <laughs> oh, that's right. But I don't. I don't go to bed until I'm going to sleep. Gee, I feel like that needs to be not expanded upon, but in some way explained to a room full of people. You know, Dom, Cat, engaged. We don't sleep together. What? Oh, no, no. We're um, we're old. And um, <laughs> oh, <fucking hell. laughs> no, I just, like um, it probably wouldn't be as much of an issue now because it's COVID times, and um, but you know, previously I would. You know, Kat would you know go to bed at nine nine o'clock ish. Yeah. But, well, by nine o'clock, and then I would come home from the gig at two o'clock in the morning. So after she had five hours sleep, I would walk into the room and wake her up, and then because mm. she'd had enough sleep. Yeah, yeah. Who can go back to sleep after five hours? Yeah, it'd be like, yeah. well, that's that's a that's annoying, and then b if she didn't wake up, then I'd wake her up in fifteen minutes time with my breathing because I don't snore as much as I've got. I, I'm a mouth breather because this is always blocked. Mm. So I'm a noisy sleeper and she's a light sleeper. And so it was pretty much like makes, and now that we have the space, of course, in the last house, we, you know, we had, I mean, occasionally I'd sleep on the couch cause you know, I was that noisy and disruptive, mm. but um, yeah, now it's just like, Oh, well, we, I don't want to, I don't want her to not get yeah. a decent night's sleep. And the other thing too, if I've, if I get home at two thirty, um, she's getting up at six for work, then I get four hours sleep before she wakes me up. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's not. <clears throat> um, that's right. That, that's all that is. Yep. Um, but now we've explained that. What was the other thing we were talking about? <laughs> uh, YouTube in bed. Oh, yeah. So it's the same thing. It's the kind of same thing. Like I don't have, um, I don't have pajamas and I don't, um, like when I wake up in the morning, um, like I don't, you know, sit in bed or I don't have a TV in my room. I've ne- I like I, I haven't since I've had a share house. Um, and so it's very much like I don't put, like I don't get ready for bed. It's like I'm fully clothed. I do what I do. And then I decide to go to bed. But a lot of people like, you know, Kat will have a shower and put a, you know, night clothes on or whatever she's going to wear to bed. And then two hours later, I actually go to bed. Whereas me, I'm like, I'm ready to go at any point in time. Like, if I feel like, Jesus, in a sense of like, you know, <laughs> I go on live or I'm going to go for a walk. If I'm feeling, 
like I'm not ready for bed, I don't go to bed. So none of this. That's why I don't wear pajamas. Because it's like, well, what do you need them for? If you wake up in the morning, you get up and then you're up. You don't kind of slop around in your PJs for three hours before you decide to start the day. I mean, if you do, you do, but I don't. I love it. And the thing about that is... I'm lazy. If you're not wearing clothes, then you have to decide to do one of a number of things, which is you either get dressed and you slop around or whatever, you know, then you're not, you know, you haven't showered, you're not clean, right? Or you just have a shower and start the day. Or you just walk around naked, like, and you know, which in the winter is not actually particularly pleasant. So. <laughs> Too cold. Yeah, and it's not particularly pleasant for anyone else when you look the way I do naked, so. No, um, but that's, that's not you. It's boys. Boys, just you don't need to see all that shit hanging around. Stop it. Put it away. Put it away. No one needs to see that. No, I mean, like, yeah. back, back in the day when I was uh, living alone, I didn't wear clothes if I didn't have to. I'd, I'd walk into the house. The first thing I'd do after a gig is take my pants off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's okay. I hardly endorse that because it's just you. Yeah. But no one needs, you know, other humans. A third party doesn't need to see you gentlemen's excuse me. Oh, you know, it's just stuff, mate. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's dangly unnecessary stuff. <laughs> Look, you know, if you've got dangly unnecessary stuff, then good on you. It's what offends me about dogs. What, the fact that they just lick themselves whenever they want? No, just they've got all that dangly, unnecessary stuff. That's why I'd, I'd have a girl... If I was going to have a dog, I'd get a girl dog. I don't need to see all that stuff hanging around. It's so... It just insists upon itself. <laughs> okay. That's why I don't like dogs who've got their tails up all the time. I don't need that much dog anus in my life. I agree. Put it away. I agree. There's... there's... There's easily 70% of dogs that shouldn't exist. Harvey came round to my house the other day while like my, my one of my birthday gifts was being constructed. Yep. And uh, he's a big puffy puffball. He's a big white samoyed. He's a tiny he's dog. Okay. He's a small dog. Sorry? What he's was a that? small dog. <laughs> yeah. He's like, a, he's like one of those uh, superhero actors uh, from the, you know, the... 1980s and 90s. Like, instead of actually going to the gym for six months in prep for the film, they just put on a padded suit. Uh, it's like... <laughs> it's like in the morning, he's like this like little, petite, skinny, bald dog, and then in the morning he wakes up and he puts his, like, Cruella de Vil. Uh, <laughs> I, saw, uh, I saw pictures at, uh, of a... I think a groomer just decided to shave a Samoyed. <laughs> so it was, you know, look what they did to this woman's dog and she was shocked. It was one of those. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. They're so cute. Yeah, they're beautiful dogs. They're but beautiful dogs shaven. Either so way. cute. Yeah, yeah, they're beautiful animals. Oh, yeah. my God. And I really, really wanted to do that to Harvey. And um, I, was, uh, I, was, I was abused for, for even suggesting it. But even when he's wet, hey, it's like, hey, that's not the same dog. I remember saying that about your incredibly flappy cat a number of times. But that's you, different. You responded the same way. Yeah, that's well, that's completely different. Why? Because because my was your, cat was your looked, cat. Yeah, no, but she wouldn't have looked cute shaven. She would have. 
I don't think she would have. See, I loved your cat, and I think she would have looked cute no matter what. <laughs> Isn't that funny that when um, uh, when you gave her to me, and for the first, I don't know, probably six or 12 months of her life, she wasn't fluffy. Ah, oh, she was a little kitten. Yeah, but... Yeah, but, but I've got pictures of her for when she's like six months old climbing around on the house that we shared. Yeah. She's she's short head. And on her birth certificate, mm, um, on her vet thing, I, I don't know, um, domestic short hair, black and white domestic short hair. It's like, uh, and then, you know, when she got older and I'd take her to whatever vet, um, it says she's short hair. Yeah, I know. As I'm picking bits of it out of my mouth and yeah, hair that, and ears. That, I mean, that that's more an error in the paperwork than an issue with small animals. It's like, you know, like babies. Babies don't come out particularly hairy, like human babies. Some of them do. Some do, but not, I mean... Some of them really do. Yeah. Like, down their backs and stuff. Yeah. Like, gorillas. Yeah. Weird. Gorillas. (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) I, uh, since I've been doing these um, Facebook Live things, I've had... Uh, a lot more friend requests. Me too. Um, and uh, and for the first little while, like I always have done through my Facebook career, uh, hmm. I would see who the mutual friends are. Yeah. And I've been I've been um, just accepting people. It's like, oh well, this person's a friend. This person's a friend. Okay, well, you know, clearly they know me yep. somehow. Um, but I, I, I made the discovery maybe a month ago that the mutual friends of these new friends who are requesting me are always the same people. And there's some people you and I know. Mm. And so now I go, I have a look, I get a friend request. I have a look. It's like, ah, things over. Oh, okay. And then I message them and say, thanks so much for the friend request. What's our connection? Sometimes I'll just get like a thumbs up back. Uh, <laughs> what? Gone. You're out of here. Yeah. Um, sometimes they don't respond at all. Sometimes they don't ever, ever, ever read the message. So I don't know what. I don't know if they're bots. I don't know. I don't understand. I still don't understand how all that stuff works. The only part I do understand is it's the usual suspects who are mutual friends of theirs and mine. I'm not um, that needy. I don't need that many Facebook friends <laughs> that I that they're not real people. Yeah, in the um, in the very beginning, the first six weeks of uh, you know COVID life, um, there were a lot. Oh, and in t- while I was in Tamworth as well, I got a lot of, um, and I requested people too. Like there wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm not saying that I didn't. Um, <laughs> no. I'm allowed to friend request people. People yeah. are allowed to friend request me. I just want them to be actual people. Yeah. And I, I here's the thing though, like um, I would say probably close to 50% of the people that I have become friends with on Facebook that I didn't know, like, you know, I, I get requests every day. I'm like, I don't know you and I don't, like, I, I know we have mutual friends, but like, I don't understand. Like, I don't know what you, what relevance you have to my life or I have to yours. And because there's no, oh, hey, you know, message, um, that I I have started 
just kind of deleting them, like if I don't know who you are. Hmm. Um, but the other thing, about close to 50% of the ones I have accepted in the last three months, I have deleted because they're fucking crazy, these people. And they're real people. Like, but, dude, the way, you know how we talk about the way people use social media? Yeah. Yeah, I. that's not shit that I want to see uh, and behaviour that I want to uh, be interrupted by. Hey, I blocked someone from a live gig the other day. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, yeah. have you? You wouldn't have had to have done that, would you? I've done it once. Is with, that right? Okay. We're one of your uh, um, people that is vocal and uh, um, even annoying on your feeds. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. I'd love to know who that is once we get off here. I'll tell you. Okay. I probably, actually probably won't tell you because I can't remember because, you know, it was early yeah. days. Yeah. Huh. Just, the, you know, the kind of shouty, you know, not part oh. of the conversation scenario. I was like, oh, I'm not, I didn't even bother. I reckon I know who that was. Yeah, yeah. I was it a girl? Yes. I know who it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's still around. Um, yeah. She's not as present. And she's not as shouty. That's good. But it still takes her a few goes to learn how to say please. Because it's a... I've never met her. Like, she's yeah. come on through... I don't know I don't know where she's come from. Maybe Virtual Pub. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, there's yeah, a few yeah. of those who are yeah. on the stream. Um, and uh, anyway, that's uh, that's fine. Um, yeah, I was doing the... I was doing gig... I don't know. Some, two weeks ago. And... Uh, so I'm just playing away. Uh, I've certainly discovered very much the same thing you have, which is where you're looking at the camera and you've got the comments next to it and and you want to keep abreast of the thing. Like, that's the... Although, I mean, if you were at a live gig, you wouldn't be having a conversation with someone at the same time as you're playing the song. That's kind of what you try to do when you read the comments because you want to keep abreast. You want to see if there's... You want to see if there's requests yeah. and you want to, you know... Acknowledge that people are there and all that sort of thing. So I got yeah. so you're in a live gig and you're playing a song and then someone um, <clears throat> get, arrives at the venue and walks into the room and you go, hey Tom, yep. So that's it's kind of that. Yep, is how I look at it. Um, but yes, sometimes it is really distracting and sometimes the people write and they're not they and it's easy to think like this. They they don't. Um, uh, take into account that you are in the middle of a song and they send you a question. Yeah. Um, sometimes that's because they haven't thought about that fact. Sometimes it's because of that 20, 30 second delay or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. So for all those reasons. Anyway, so you're, you're watching the thing. Um, <clears throat> uh, sometimes I definitely make a deliberate attempt not to look at the comments because... The song actually requires me either to really play it and sing it or to really be immersed in the song because it's important. Or if it's one of mine, I'm still learning how to play it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was doing, the, doing a song, finished, maybe during the song I saw someone write WTF, capital letters, and pointing up. So then your natural inclination is to look at the comment directly above it and it didn't seem to have any relation to yeah. what was going on. So, do you? Anyway. Does your comment, so just let me interrupt, you use ecam as well. So, yes. Right. So in you know how in Facebook where 
if someone does a what like a WTF mm. in reply to someone, we don't see replying to, but on Facebook it is. Rep- it's much easier to follow on Facebook. Yes. That, so. Well, I Facebook. have both. So I've got oh, ecam, okay. and then I've got an iPad here, because on the iPad, with watching it on Facebook, yeah. you can actually see when people come I've, on. I put my without phone commenting. In, yeah, I put my phone here now for to, just to follow to counter that thing where you were just talking about where. I can't follow the context of the conversation, but then I can just go, oh, right. It's, it's yeah. yeah, right. Sorry, I interrupted you, but yeah. No, no, you're um, right. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah. So I see the, mm-hmm, WTF, right? Uh, don't know what that, I don't know what that's about. Um, I think it's about whatever's written above, which seemed quite banal and probably funny. Like, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. You're like, um, and then... A friend of mine wrote, hey, blah, blah, that's really inappropriate. You need to take that down. It's like, whoa, 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 right. whoa. So the, I've just finished a song. I read this. It's like, all right, everyone. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. Go onto my iPad, scroll back, scroll back. What, what can that be in relation to? I look for the person's name. I see what this guy's written, and he's a repeat offender of just annoying. Yeah. Um. I had referred to his uh, his commentary on the feed as being a scattergun approach to requesting songs, because just and often you'd see it would be five or six of his in a row of just a song title, song title, song title, yeah. song title. So, some of it stream of consciousness, like yeah. I'd play one word and then he'd write "rush you," yeah, or you know, like just yeah. Anyway. Um, blocked it straight away. I've never had to do that before. But it, it was, oh, it was an offensive comment. Yeah, really? <laughs> What's he saying? Um, oh no, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to say it. <laughs> um, no, it was just, it was, uh, anti-Semitic. Oh, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jeez. And I think he was trying to be funny. Yeah. But after all that those people went through, no, I just, like, just, yeah, really, really uncool. Um, he friend requested me last night. All oh, right, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we're mates now. Oh, good. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of that stuff, um, you know, it can be, you know, you can chalk that down to like, okay, well, I'm just kind of working out how to behave around, you know, this kind of stuff. Some people just don't, just cannot use social media. Yeah. Um, look, jokes aside, I just said we're mates now. Um, I didn't accept his friend request. Um, I did, in fact, hit the delete button on the friend request. Um, this part of me that felt um, actually pretty small about that because, well, much like you said in your live stream this morning, I don't think anyone's all bad. I don't think anyone's all good either. Like we've all got the we've got the the shades, yeah. Um, and we've all got the really dark bit, yeah. Um, maybe that doesn't factor into this. What I mean is, uh, the 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 part of me that feels really small about that is that I feel like I could have tried to have a conversation with this person, explain that why what he'd said in that context was inappropriate at best, um, even if he was being f- 
funny. Like it just, you know. Uh, I f- and I also feel like perhaps he's not... Um, hmm. I think there's some. I think there's some other stuff going on. Yeah. And I don't know what that. Other, I couldn't possibly make a a call on what any of that other stuff is. And I don't. <clears throat> I don't know if it's poor education or 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 I don't know or cognitive or whatever. But I feel like I perhaps did um, myself or him or just society in general as far as living in a civilization a bit of a disservice by not taking that opportunity to say hey dude is everything okay and instead i just went nah fuck that no no fuck that's fine yeah <clears throat> it's not our it's not our job to um and i say our job i mean everybody every human um, yeah it's not our job to enter into those kind of um interactions with people unless they're face to face like, well, I don't think. I don't think. I don't, okay, but but if you don't if you don't know how to if you don't know how to use this the way, if you can't take the cues from everyone else, and the way they're behaving, whether they're typing into that, if you can't read that, right, then it's not anyone else's responsibility to um to try to you know connect with you, particularly if they don't. Is know it you. not? No, no, because this isn't real. I know right? that, but <laughs> but. We live in a world where this, particularly with what you and I are doing, that is our connection. And maybe he lives next door. Maybe he lives in Brunswick. Um, maybe he lives in Canada. Uh, if that's the only means of communicating with this person in, on any level, then then that's all you've got. Well, yeah, but it, the, the, his actual life and your actual life... Right, is not in in this forum, like, and that's what I mean by it. It's like, what what's going to happen is, uh, the simply the interaction with that person because you because you actually engage with it in that fashion, right, is taking way too much of your time than you need to spend on anyone who can't take the cues. I just don't. I, yeah, no, I uh, I mean I get you. I just I mean, I'm thinking I'm thinking in a in a more kind of um. I hate using the word holistic, but in a more glo- global sense of what if this person is actually really struggling with just life in general? Like this interaction implies yeah. that this interaction is also wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's absolutely a fair point, but I go back to um, then that's for him to... That's for him and the people he knows in his real life to work with I don't on. know if he knows any people in his real life. That's really... A quick perusal of a Facebook, of his Facebook page, indicated that maybe that might be the case. Yeah, I, 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 I did genuinely feel bad about it. I, yeah. I don't, I don't think he's, I don't think he's a bad person. I think he did a, I think he said a bad thing and I think he has a history of just, of saying bad things and, yeah, and, and just, just and reading things incorrectly. Yeah, if if there's someone who, like I said, if they can't take the cues from the way everyone else is using the the forum, um, then I also don't think that that's something that you can, uh, you know, that you can do anything about. Okay. Yeah. All right. You've you've taken yeah. some weight off my mind. Yeah. And I just think it would take a disproportional disproportional amount of effort, energy, and care. To enter, enter into something which um, 
Well, well, history has proven that that that's happened to me in real life. Um, yeah. You know, in the not too distant past. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think you're a bad person. You you behave like a bad person, but I don't <laughs> actually think you are. Let's have a. Oh, really? You think I'm in love with you? Oh, that's awkward. yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it, like you know. Oh, you want to end my career? Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> yeah. Um, I rest our cases. <laughs> uh, what have you got on today, by the way, speaking of resting cases? Uh, well, I'm going to do the uh, requisite editing and stuff like this. Nice. Um, well, it's only Tuesday today. I know, it's good. Um, so we can we can get this up and going. I've got a... I've, I've kind of... I've got one of those songwriting situations where um, I have probably three different um now i realized the fork in the road that i'm at with this song uh, right, was actually way back there but i'm uh, now really down the fork in the road where i go do i have to back up and go that way and go that way so i've got it's one of those ones where which is rare for me where i've written a lot of lyrics without a melody and a rhythm yeah and, yeah and yeah anything. um it's a poem pretty much yeah i remember you talking about it and um and I also just, remember you talking. And it felt just like keeps, that was where that sentence was going to be. <laughs> it just keeps coming. Like the all the, I mean, it's just simply a very easy thing to um, to write rhythmically and that kind of thing. Um, so what I need to do is go for a drive, uh, where I put put it on in the car. The different versions. You're not allowed. Oh yes, you are. Uh, and <laughs> well, I could just go for a walk, but it's warmer if I drive. So walking um, terrible. Because that's, I was telling Kat earlier, like um, pre-COVID, I would spend a lot of time, clearly, you know, dozens of hours a week in the car driving, and a lot of my songs would get, uh, the germ of the song would be in, you know, the the way I I would write sometimes, which is I just play something, and then I would listen to it a bunch of times in the car and go, oh, I think I'm going to go there with it, or I'll try going there with it. And that would be the kind of workshopping time. Um but I, I haven't had that for three or four months, really. Mm. Uh, so so I'm writing songs differently and writing different types of songs than I would usually, which is really cool. But this one feels like, no, I need to take this out. Yeah, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's rare that I get a lyric idea which um, seems never-ending. Usually my lyrics are like, oh, right, got a verse. Guess I've said it all. Uh, so what do I say to the second verse? Or a, a bridge? Oh, man. Um, occasionally, like, it's probably a verse and a chorus, and I'm like, well, I guess I'm done now. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. I quite often have um, uh, different choruses because I still haven't finished everything I want to say, and I, I kind of want to want to progress the story in the choruses as well. Yeah. And if, you, if you're actually sort of telling a linear, if you're actually being a storyteller, um, sometimes it doesn't make sense to go back to the same chorus lyrics because it, it ends up, yeah, yeah. I do that. I mean, not particularly often, but a lot of my, yeah, a lot of my songs do the same thing. The choruses change and, um, or the tag, the, you know, into the tag changes. Yeah, um, and and maybe for someone who's listening to this who isn't a songwriter, maybe that 
doesn't that doesn't even feel like it's a different thing. But if you think about all the pop songs you listen to, that you know the chorus is, <clears throat> I don't know, the same line said four times. Yeah. <laughs> or in the case of Usher, three times. Say yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> say yeah, three, whatever. Um, but yeah, when you're actually when you're actually trying to. I don't mean, oh God, that's, I don't mean what Dom and I are doing is fucking higher as compared to Kanye West. Uh, but um, if you're actually telling a story, then yeah, yeah, like, like it, 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 it is different. It is, it's certainly different to a, a flat out pop song. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where the chorus, like where the chorus is kind of, um, it's just a hook and it's not a, it's not. It's sometimes not even necessarily integral to the structure of the song. It just becomes a, yeah. Oh, that's the bit I know. Yeah, I think there's a. Um, I think there's some kind. There's, you know, like you can call me Al. Like call me Al is a great example of um, a song which has um, three distinct scenarios um, tied together by um, this other scenario, and that. That's where, in storytelling, it's com- completely works to, uh, yeah. you know, have the same chorus, um, because it's almost like, um, oh, it's it's almost like uh, uh, having a meal, where, um, you know, you you order, you know, a, you order a starter, an on, you know, an, an entree. <laughs> this is good. Like an entree, a main, and a dessert. But you have the the one bottle of wine, and that's the bottle of wine is the chorus. That's um, good. Um, to take you through, and maybe you know, if you're super duper fancy, maybe you get a dessert wine or a, um, uh, like a, you know, a short coffee or something at the end, and that's kind of what the bridge is, like for me. Oh, really? I was going to um, say the dessert wine at the end with the with the final with the final chorus is um is the, the, you can call the, me out. Yeah, or that's the solo at the end of the, you know, the fade out or something like that. You know, yeah, right, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I, um, but I do. I think there's something that generally happens um, with a song that has a, like a, chorus that repeats all the time. Is the writer will use that device of, um, like, telling you something that they didn't know in the verses, but. And or I'm discovering this, and or um, I'm not quite sure what my problem is. That's what yeah. the verse is about, and the chorus is. But I do know this, um, or I do feel this, uh, and the bridge is. Uh, usually, if there is a bridge and there's a lyric bridge, um, that's literally a bridge to. Who knows what the next song will be? But there's there's now like a real solid discovery. Um, from the all the questions of the verses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could think of an adequate of example of where uh, the chorus absolutely um, falls apart within the context of someone trying to tell the story with the verses, where the chorus then, like the first chorus makes sense. Yeah. You've got this linear thing. They, they've written it. So this is my situation. This is where I find myself. The chorus kind of becomes an extension of that. And then when the second verse is somehow different like maybe the the other person's exploration of that same thing but yep. then it goes back to the first course it's like that this doesn't this doesn't tie together anymore oh I, I, i've got my ipad in front of me let's find one. Oh god really um, <laughs> okay. 
and let's find them in songs I've written. No. Um, <laughs> let's not do that. What about... Um, oh, here we go. Mr. Jones? Now, that's a great example of the chorus changing every time. Um, I was going to say, come together. <laughs> Who fucking knows what that song's about anyway? Um, Do you know he got sued over that? Come together? Yeah. No, what about? He ripped the first line off a Chuck Berry song. Ah, right. Well, it doesn't sound like a thing Chuck Berry would do. That sounds like the nicest guy ever. No, I meant John Lennon. Yeah, Chuck Berry sued John Lennon? No, yes. Oh, right, yes. Yeah, yeah. For stealing for stealing part of his song. <laughs> yeah, well, no, but Chuck Berry is kind of famous for being an awful person. Ah, oh. The artist or the art, mate? Well. We've all way. pissed on. Oh, come on. Go on. <laughs> um, Sorry, we haven't all done that. I'm trying to find stuff. Uh, Alex Lloyd's amazing. Oh, I don't know what that song's about. No. But that, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Um, but my my song, Only You, is a song where the the choruses, um, for me, what I tried to do with that song, I wanted to write a one-word chorus, see if I could, but I couldn't, so I had to have a two-word chorus. Um, legit, that was an exercise. Couldn't. Ah. Couldn't. Um, but each, there's three, there's two verses and a bridge, and what I wanted to do in that is like present this scenario. So I'll just um, so that yeah, the first verse is um, well the, the first little pre-chorus thing. Like I feel it clear as an autumn day. I can hear you say only you, and then the second pre-chorus is we all have one debt we won't repay and one that got away only you. So they're different. Yeah, yeah. People, and then the bridge is. I'm going to find you, I'm going to find you, I'm going to find you. Only you. Yeah, which creepy. Is, yeah. Which is someone else, you know. So what I wanted to do is like, can I have a chorus which stays the same, which means something totally different than the the previous ones because of the verse. Um, so I've yeah. asked you before in this forum, yeah. do you ever sit back after you write something and just think, that's, that's really good. That's really, that's clever. I'm clever. Uh, I'm a good songwriter. No. Oh. No, but, okay. I went too far with the I'm a good songwriter. Um, um, it's clever. I'm clever. There. Stop there. No. Because I do all the fucking time. Uh, but I... <laughs> um, yeah, I, I... But then I, I'm the hey, look at me guy, so... Yeah, but I also, I think... Uh, that Sometimes I write things that are... I think are musically interesting that also I think are irrelevant to like whether anyone else cares about this piece of music or not. Um, nice turnaround. Um, yeah. Where I kind of go, Oh, well <laughs> this could, where I, I go, Oh, maybe I just want this to not be like the last two songs I wrote. You know, you know what I mean? Like, hmm. cause when you write, you know, enough songs in a row, um, you can very easily just write the same format again without thinking about it. Oh, that's interesting. I would have thought it would have been the other way because uh, certainly what I've discovered with playing a lot of my songs in the live stream, I very, very definitely have, oh, that's a thing I always do. And I've got, 
I've got two major ones. And sometimes, sometimes it's clever because I've done the same thing, which is just simply the, the whatever the chord is and down the minor third from that. Fuck, I do it so many times in different yeah. keys, but it's very much the, very much the same thing. Um, so there's that. And there's also the major seven to just major chord thing that I do with the vocal melody following the note, the, the yep. semitone shift far out like three of them and done in exactly the same way. And because they were songs that were written completely disparate times, it's like, oh, oh shit, that's a thing I do. Yeah, like I've got the my finger picking pattern thing that I do. And it's just like that's just how I play guitar. Like Well, um, yeah. Um, yeah, okay. I just I think it's interesting you're saying where you're doing stuff where you're really writing stuff kind of back to back. Yeah. That it's easy to fall into. I'd have thought it would have been the opposite. That it's like, ah, oh, that's clearly what I did three weeks ago. So I'll. Oh uh, no, I, I look back. Like I, I I very much go. Okay, so what what's my pattern? Because I've I've worked out that I think, I feel like I've worked out. I've got about a four week cycle with style of yeah yeah no like not even meant no to be. I was just laughing at the concept not <laughs> yeah but I've got okay, like go my head's my head is in a space for a while. Musically, lyrically, uh, playing with my voice, sometimes like tuning and stuff like that, where I kind of, like maybe I, um, I think it's a bit Venn diagrammy, like it's like there's overlap. Sure. So when you like, and that makes sense. Like if you if you're reading a, a book for a you know for it takes you three weeks to read a book, or if you, you know, I don't know if you just watch, you know this movie which leads you to this movie which leads you to this documentary which leads you mm. you know you're in a kind of a bit of a bubble of um what you're taking in um or podcast or trying to get pregnant like or you know things that last a certain cycle sure um and i do i like i, I definitely do that with with songwriting and sometimes what i really need to just go i know i've i've written that like three times now huh. um and I wrote, you know, I've written it in a different way. So there's like, okay, I, you know, okay, well, I'm going to do this. And I'm therefore, I'm going to find uh, an outside yeah. an outside chord, right? Because the last two songs were completely diatonic. You know, they were, they didn't go out of the key at all. Or, you know, yeah. they didn't do anything. Um, yeah, so uh, I don't ever, no, but I don't ever feel like I do anything clever. Um, if I do ever do anything clever, I think it's that, oh, look, I... Not even um, lyrically? Nah. Dude. No, but I, I mean... That amazes me. Because I, I set out to be clever and think, actually, this is this is so clever that unless one day someone asks me um, how this works, they'll never know how clever it is. Uh, well, I, I, I actually... <laughs> I, okay. I, I feel like... I, I feel like you do that. Like as a listener, you've got you write clever lyrics. Um, but I I try with my lyrics to, if they end up being. What I don't want is, um, to have. This means this. This means this, and then for me to be taken out of my song with something that, um. The like I need a word to rhyme with the you know that li- that line there. 
Yeah. And I really want that word because I've never written that word in a song before. Right. Okay. And then I kind of go, well. Yeah, which, um, which I don't think is clever because it makes, for me, it makes sense. Like, it's not like, uh, like, I like, because it's a, is it a, what it's is it what it's not a metaphor is it a simile where I've gone like when you that, say that's like that's a simile yeah um it's like oh well you know you can use a simile that um you refers to to that if that makes sense mm. um but I don't I don't think it was clever because it was really quite natural yeah yeah but sometimes I go oh like I need a word to go in there it needs to be x amount of syllables or it needs to be um, it needs to rhyme. I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I could put that rhyme in there? And then they're like, yeah, that's great. It's got nothing to do with the heart sure. of the song. You're just trying to jam it in. And so that's why I often do a, like a couple of rewrites of a lyric because by the time I've gotten to, through the first draft, I go, okay, you just wanted, you clearly just wanted to get to no, the next line there. And you didn't take care with that that line or you really wanted to use that word but it it takes even me as a listener out of the song completely it's like oh well there you go juxtaposition who would have thought (laughs) it's like what's the point you know yeah Um, i've certainly done that and i recognize i recognize in in playing more of my stuff in these online gigs that some of the older stuff i've written um uh there's there's placeholder lyrics in there that yeah. are now, they're, they're part of the song now because I've done it that many times and I actually, I couldn't even hear it another way even though every time I sing it, I think, wow, that's really clunky <laughs> and and not even what I was trying to say necessarily. I mean, it, okay. it would get the point across, but it's just a bit, oof, um, slightly embarrassed about singing it every time I do it kind of thing. I totally have one from the last two weeks. Oh yeah, um, that song. How could you forgive me? Yeah, the, ly- the lyric I wrote is um, second line of the second verse is I grew to love how the sting of resistance would fill up my lungs, and um, but in the video I didn't sing that. Like for some reason, like you know, I wasn't looking at the lyric and I just sang whatever came out. Huh. Um, and I think I sing, uh, I grew to love how the sting of resistance always fills my lungs, or something like that. Uh, would always fill my lungs. Little different, right? Yeah. But um, now, now I sing that other bit, which yeah, is yeah. which is clunky. It's not, it's <laughs> not right. Like it's it's, and every time I sing, it's like ah, oh, I'm jamming that in. Like I'm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Early early days of this experience that we're all going through, and us doing the live gigs and all that sort of thing. You, I think you sent me. An email or a message asking what my my three favourite songs were, but I don't know what 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 my top three something that I wanted to hear. I can't actually remember the context because even as I'm saying it, it doesn't feel like something you'd do. But for whatever reason, maybe it wasn't top three. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe the, certainly the word favourite wasn't mentioned. What songs would you want to hear? Can't remember. Anyway, only you was in my top three. Right. I fucking love it. Yeah, I think it's my favourite song that I've written. Yeah. Yeah, well, I heard you say that the other day and yeah. I thought to myself, it's most of my heart in it. Yeah, I think it's got... Um, I think it's got enough bits of all the things that um, 
I think, yeah, I think it's got little bits of all the things that I do that I feel I like about what I do. Like, I, I think it's not too many lyrics, but they're, you know, they're, like, they're, they're emotionally connected. Um, it's got some falsetto. It's got some key-changing stuff. And it's got a decent solo that's not too wanky. Like it's yep. like it's the right amount of the things I like to do. And I think sometimes, you know, often I I have a lot of that and none of that stuff, you know, sure. in a song. Um, but yeah, it's not it's a good yeah. tune. I that's think. a good one. Yeah, I like. It's it. interesting that for, for me that some of the some of the most recent stuff you've written is. Um, up among my favourite songs. Like The Arsonist just, just kills me every time. Yeah. Ridiculous. Even when you do it by yourself. Yeah. I, it's, it's such a good song. It doesn't necessarily require the the way I first heard it with the female vocal. Yeah. And do you know what? Every time I get to the second first verse, I just want to sing it up the octave. Yeah, of course you do. Because cause it's like, oh, it's got to go Where today's the last forever. <laughs> I do the same thing every time I sing that song. As I want to do it, but I can't. I can't bring myself to do it. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, yeah, it's that song. They ask this interesting one because I, um, like I, I think it's probably well. It's one of the technically better songs I've ever written, and certainly production-wise, it's like I mean, I had nothing. Damo and I were talking about it yesterday. I was like. There's a song that I had nothing to do with other than writing. Like, and it's like, for me, you know, the strength of that is the entire package of it, you know. Sure. Um, and, you know, when I just sing it by myself, I kind of like, don't, I don't feel it. Like, really? Yeah. I feel like the pack, I feel like so much of it is missing. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Um, but, um, I've there's something really awesome about the that comes of writing a or trying to write a song every week, um, where it's a bit workmanlike and it and the kind of the quality. Um, it, this is something one one of my old old bosses said to me about um, managing staff is like, what you want to try and do with your staff is if someone's best is a seven. Right, and their worst is a three. You want to try to get them to work at a five all the time, right? And then, if someone's you know best is a nine, right, uh, but their their worst is a three, then it's actually really hard to get them to work at six, right? Yeah. You know, um, and what I found was the thing that you end up kind of with writing or the you know often is that your songs that aren't as good as the maybe the ones from last week. Like if last week was a seven, this week is a five. Like your your bad songs are performing better than they usually usually would, um, or they would if you, you know like because sometimes it takes really a long time to write a song and you're like uh, I spent so much time on this and this is this is still a three. Yeah, yeah. And and is like I don't know how to make it make it better. And then you go, uh, you're not gonna because you've just like you're not going to make this song better. Like, yeah. And there's almost the, the the fact that you spent so much time on it, it's like stops you from writing your next song, which could be a six. Like, because you keep going back to the thing that's not very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, you want to fix that thing. Yeah, yeah. 
and because you also you spent so much time on it you're like well i gotta share the thing i've spent a lot of time on um and you're like no that one's just so yeah do the the workman like aspect of writing songs regularly is like oh even my bad ones are all right like and also some of the ones where i go i don't think it's very good they're the most popular yeah yeah, I that's been an interesting one for you, I think, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I cannot believe how much people like Once Upon a Time. Like, as like, because it's like, it's pretty, like, it's crap. But, I mean, it's nice and it's fun, but it's not good. But Do you not think so, really? No. Nah. Oh, my favourite yeah. part of that song is the solo uh, where, you know, the, it goes to the, the minor and has, you know, like the chords change. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's a point of interest, you know. Uh, yeah, okay, interesting. Your mum loves that one. Loves it. Is Two Aces What a Pair her favourite line in that song? <laughs> um, Probably. I think that's what she calls the song. Could you? No, my sister oh, is call, that what no, she no. calls it? My sister calls it Two Aces. Can you play Two Aces? Yeah, right. Oh, I didn't yeah. realise that was another one of your dog song. Oh, yeah, um, man. Most, yeah. most of them have got nicknames. Yeah, good. <laughs> I saw, I saw today. Della just called it doggy. Doggy. <laughs> uh, and then I couldn't get up for another five minutes. All right, let's. Um, Were you trying to? Uh, trying to lick your nuts, were you? Oh, did, dude. Did you hurt your neck? Dude. What? Come on, mate. Can't you lick your nuts? <laughs> okay. Wow. It's. <laughs> Okay. I mean, I can't lick mine, but I was just... Okay. I still make you more... Uh, you're longer than me, so you got more opportunity to fold over in the right uh-huh. position. Yeah. All right. This is not a conversation for this. Oh, okay. <laughs> let's let's uh, end then. All right, mate. All right. Well, it's uh, been a long one. Can't you lick it? <laughs> Good night. There you are. <laughs> hey, thank you, mate. Thank Good you. day. Slider biscuits. Rock on, kids uh, and... Kittens. Um, oh, end. End?